Hello, I'm Kristen McDonald, and welcome back to Second Vision. If you are ready for a dramatic shift in the perception of who you are and why you're on the planet and what your life's purpose is, then stick with us today. Ron and Mary Hulnick are world leaders and pioneers in the field of spiritual psychology. They are co-founders of the University of Santa Monica. I believe it's called for short, USM, and uh, have been teaching there for over 35 years. And a few of my dear friends have actually received their master's in spiritual psychology from there and have raved about the school and the program. Uh, Both Ron and Mary are licensed family and marriage counselors. And their two books, they're authors, educators, and facilitators, Loyalty to Your Soul and Remembering the Light Within, which I just started last night, is just fabulous and I can't put it down. And according to Jack Canfield, uh, one of the authors of Chicken Soup for the Soul, the books are filled with wisdom of the ages. So I'm delighted to have them with us today. Welcome, Ron and Mary. How are you? Wonderful, Kristen. We're so happy to be with you. And we're oh, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. I, I can't tell you, because of these three people that I know who have, who have attended your school, I've been hearing about you for years. So this is a real delight for me. So, so tell us about the, your latest book, Remembering the Light Within, and, and why it's so different some, from so many other spiritual psychology books. Well, this book really came into being uh, when we were offering an online program, and when it completed, we wanted to have something... Uh, more to offer them, and so one day I was talking with the director of online education at USM, and uh, we came up with the idea that we would do an offering called 33 Days of Awakening, and I began writing. It was very successful. We completed that, and then Ron and I were having lunch with Ariana Huffington, the founder of the Huffington Post, and her sister, Agapi, who is a USM grad. And we were just sharing with each other. We've been friends for a long time. And I mentioned the program, 33 Days of Awakening. Ariana became very interested in it. She um, uh, sent Agapi to look at it. They decided that they would, that Ariana decided she would offer it to a segment of the Huffington Post readership. And over 20,000 people registered for, yes, from 137 countries, registered for this program. And it was incredible. It was. It was was incredible. And when, when that completed, I thought to myself, I could turn this material into a book. Ron and I could dimensionalize it, expand it. And so I sent the program to Reed Tracy and told him, that we would like to develop a book based on the 33 Days of Awakening. And thus, um, this particular book, Remembering the Light Within, was was born. The biggest feedback that we got was that it was so rich that people couldn't do it in 33 days. I mean, there was a different thing to do every day. And they said, you can't do this in one day. And so we started to think in terms of, well, what would be a good time frame? And so the way it all morphed is it came down to 26 chapters, and our recommended way for people to do it is to work with one chapter every two weeks. And if you do it that way, it becomes a year-long course, and that's why we call it a course in soul-centered living. 
And the, and now, the, I like that idea because um, I'm a member of a group, a spiritual group in uh, San Diego that I, I'm at, actually a guest at every few months because my best friend lives down there. And she's been going to this group for years. But they take books like yours, which is why I want to recommend that book to that this particular group. And it's funny because they take their time and they do just that because you can't do any, you know, you can't have some sort of life transformation just overnight, you know. It takes time. And and these exercises, you really have to digest them. And, you know, many times we just pick up a book and we read through it and we say, oh, that was great. And I'm supposed to do affirmations. I'm supposed to meditate. I'm supposed to do X, Y, Z. And then you're still stuck in this, the same mud the next day, you know. That's right. Yes. And and is there something very supportive about doing it as a group? And I know yes. one man who's a grad of the master's program at USM wrote me, when he read the book, he said, I love this book. He said, and I've decided that I'm going to do it in the way that you and Ron recommend, where I'm going to take the information, the principles, and the practices at the end of each chapter, and I am going to work it for two weeks. And he said, I will let you know at the end of the year how that went for me. But it's, uh, I love that you're going to be participating with a group that will will be doing it. Another challenge yeah. that many many people have is they read the book and it says do the meditation, do the affirmations. Why well, they get yes, but then they don't do it, and then they go on to the next book and it says the same thing, and they say, oh, I already know that. So, right, right. And off they go, and so after a hundred books, they they know a lot about something, but they don't know it. You know, we and they're not walking the walk. They're no, not they're practicing not it. No. no. And and this book is written in a sequential and cumulative way so that it builds gradually. And we encourage people to integrate these practices and this way of looking at life. And and it is profoundly transformational because it, it, as, it does, as you practice them, as you integrate them, you're able to view the situations and circumstances, the events of your life in a different way, and you begin to respond to them differently. And for us... Yeah, you have a different choice in your reaction. Now, now what's different... I'm sorry, Mary, were you still speaking? Go ahead. Uh, I, I think the other thing is that awakening is a process, not an event. As you say, right. it doesn't happen overnight. It's a lifelong process. And it's really about, you know, creating new skills in your back pocket. It's sort of like a muscle at the gym, you know, that you have to refine and and tone and exercise all the time, or it just doesn't work. Well, and for us, one of the biggest points of leverage is what we refer to as entering the spiritual uh, context, considering the possibility that not only are you a divine being having a human experience, but so is everyone else, and that the purpose of this life experience is to awaken into our essential nature, to wake up into the love that is inherent in every single human being, not only the love, but the joy, the aliveness, and the unique giftedness. Oh, that's beautiful. Now, you you, you talk about... Um 
adversity, you know, in in the book and how people can transform adversity into a gift. And, you know, I've certainly lived that myself with, you know, the the fact that I lost part of my eyesight. And I found gifts and I found a new purpose, actually, along the way. But that was only because I embraced things and I I went through my own transformation. But um, can you... Can you enlighten us on that subject, too? Well, the way that uh, you could take as an example, suppose you wanted to uh, uh, be a basketball player, you know, and you watch uh, Magic Johnson or, or you uh, watch Kobe Bryant, and you say, wow, those guys are really great. And, but if you want to become a really good basketball player, the one thing that you have to realize, first of all, is that you don't play very well to begin with, and second of all, that you're going to need to put in a lot of time practicing and getting better at the thing that you're not good at. In exactly the same way, when we're presented with life situations that throw us, if we would stop to realize, oh my gosh, I'm just a beginner at this game, at this game of living life effectively, I have a lot to learn. And so I get out on the court and I start using the things that happen as the game that I'm playing, but I have to first admit I don't play it very well, and then I have to learn how to play it, and I start practicing and practicing and practicing. And so we say, in exactly the same way, unresolved issues aren't in the way, they are the way. It's the very working within yourself on these things that disturb your peace that's how you build those muscles. You can't do it just by sitting around talking about it. You know, what I would add, Kristen, and you know from your own experience, the, the process of losing half of your sight is a major life change and challenge. And really what you have primarily is a choice about how you're going to be with yourself while you go through a major life-changing experience. For some people, it may be an illness or the sudden death of a loved one. It can be a sure. financial... Child with a disability, marriage, marriage loss. Yes, yes, all yeah. of those things. And, and these can catalyze such feelings of disorientation, of mm-hmm. fear, of grief, of anger. Um, but from our loss. Yes, loss. And so part part of this is how you relate to the issue is the issue and how you relate with yourself. Can you consider the possibility that ultimately this experience is for you and that you can use it in service to your own healing and in service to your your own awakening? And while... Uh, a loss such as what you experience is, it can be extremely disruptive to your life. As you said, actually it assisted you in finding, it sounds like, a deeper level of meaning and purpose. Absolutely. It, it definitely did. And, I, you know, if someone had told me, you know, 30 years ago, I'd be, you know, walking uh, up to a podium to talk about the future of stem cell and about, you know, keeping a great attitude, uh, you know, that I lost part of my sight and, uh, 
you know, I would have been shocked because I was born sighted, and many of the listeners who listen to our station are either partially sighted or blind, and they've had a very different, you know, experience in life than uh, than someone who's just kind of sailed through life with their, you know, their health. But, you know, everyone gets something. You know, there, yes. there's some sort of obstacle for all of us. Yes, that is so true. And for some people it is physical. For some people it may have to do more with something emotional. Um, yes, yes. So there, there's a wide range, but as you say, everybody uh, deals with something. And Everybody all- gets a bag of tricks. Yes. Everybody gets a bag <laughs> to deal with. Yes, that's what I I watched Steve Wynn, you know, who lost his eyesight from retinitis pigmentosa, the same thing I have, and on an interview once, and he certainly not let him stop, you know, it hasn't stopped him from doing anything, but he said, you know, um, Charlie Rose said, how do you deal with this, Steve? And he says, well, you know, chances are if you put the, you know, your problems in a basket and mine, uh, put my hand in, maybe I don't want your problems. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, because actually our experience is that people actually have, the inner resources within them to deal with the situations and circumstances that come out their way. It doesn't mean yeah. it's but that they can bring forward the the strength of heart and the character that is in harmony with who they truly are as a spiritual being. You know, and part of what uh, we offer in the book to uh, for people is an understanding that we can learn to accept, to move into acceptance of situations and circumstances, not not resignation, not giving up, not feeling a sense of defeated, but rather than judging, if we come into acceptance, then we can learn how to work with these situations and circumstances in a way that ultimately they can become very transformational. Well, and acceptance, you know, that's part of my system, the AAA is acceptance, appreciation, and action, my second vision system. Acceptance was so huge for me because I was in denial, you know, for quite a bit of time when I before I got diagnosed. And many people are in denial about certain problems because they don't want to face, you know, um, you know the, the, the very thing that they're, they're so afraid of, you know. Right. But um, once we embrace something, it's, very, it's so freeing. It is, because uh, you come into a place of peace inside yourself. In other words, this is what is. So now, how am I going to be with myself about this, and what choices do I have? So I love that part of your system includes action. It's like, what actions can I take, both inwardly and outwardly, that can assist me in experiencing more joy, meaning, purpose, and fulfillment in my life? Regardless of what this situation or circumstance has brought me, it's uh, it's been said that the first law of spirit is acceptance, and the second law is cooperation. So once you accept uh, like that, up, and then you cooperate with it, then the door opens up to the possibilities of using that situation uh, as a gateway or a. Uh, a journey for yourself in order to get to those higher levels in consciousness. It's sort of like riding the wave, you know, because, I mean, yeah. it's only then that you get these wonderful opportunities and have magical experiences that you never dreamed of. You know, yeah. I know that's happened in my life, and um, I know there's a lot of 
tragic things that happen to people that it's it's not always uh that easy you know uh for some you know there there people go through just terrible terrible disasters in life you know to recover from but um you know without the right mindset you you never get anywhere you're always stuck and you talk about ego you know in your book how how can ego help us and 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 hinder our progress well everyone needs an ego because we couldn't really function here in physical world reality without it. But the ego consists largely of the mind and the emotions. And the voice of the ego can be very critical, very judgmental, very negative, and can uh, foster a misidentification that somehow there's something inherently wrong with us, that we're unworthy. And so part of the work in consciousness is, from our view, an opportunity to disidentify, first of all, to recognize the voice of the ego, that it tends to be very critical and very judgmental to learn to recognize that voice and to recognize that there is the authentic self that resides within as well, the place within consciousness that is unconditionally loving, that is wise and compassionate, that is creative and resourceful, and that we have a choice in terms of what channel we listen to inside, and we can learn to cultivate that deeper voice, that still small voice within, that is the voice of wisdom. You know, and I would I would wonder, Kristen, if part of your experience with the loss of your sight was that perhaps your second sight, your intuition, your inner knowing was greatly strengthened. Absolutely. There's no question. I mean, right down even to the little things, I, I call myself a legally blind GPS. Every time I get into an Uber or a Lyft, I say, no, you, you're taking the wrong turn. No, 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 you must be on Olympic. And they turn, they say to me, I said, oh, don't worry, it's just all an act, you know. I just, <laughs> because you, you kind of have this timing. Like, you know, when I do speeches, they say, wow, she's the only one who who was completely on time. And um, everybody else can see. You know, it's just like an inner clock. Yeah. You know, and and uh, what what you're saying... But the inner voice is very strong, absolutely, yeah, in, in reference to that. I, I read people very quickly, you know, and, and I look into the this, this soul of who somebody is, which is so important. You're not caught up in what someone looks like and, you know... It's yes. a very different experience. You sit down and you just kind of get an instant connection with, with uh, you know, in terms of communication. One of the really uh, big benefits of what you just said is that when you look into someone and you see the soul, you immediately let go of any judgments that you might have about that person or anything yes. about them because you realize that the soul is fulfilling its purpose. And for most of us, the, we talk of spiritual amnesia, that we were, we are in a creation where we were wearing these very, very, it's as if there were clouds overhead, and we assume the sun isn't shining rather than there are clouds in the way. And this, is, this work is all about parting the clouds so that you can see what has always been there and what will always be there, and it's very beautiful. Beautiful. Is your book an e-book as well for for some of our um, partially sighted? Oh, that's great! And can can we tell them your website so that uh, anyone can can buy the e-book if they can't read the hard copy? So let's just repeat 
the spelling of your name one more time for some of our readers who can't see that well. It's H-U-L-N-I-C-K, correct? Yes, yes. Great. Yeah, I just started the book. and Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, beautiful. Well, I'm so glad you're, you're getting started with it, Kristen. And uh, people can visit our website, the University of Santa Monica, .edu and learn more about uh, an upcoming workshop that we'll be doing in the middle of August, Loyalty to Your Soul, which is based on our first book and is a wonderful introduction, uh, experiential workshop to the principles and practices of spiritual psychology and the difference that they can make in everyday life. That's wonderful. Now, is that a webinar or an actual workshop where you oh, go yeah. hands-on? Actual hands-on workshop. Yes. For the first time, we are offering it also through Zoom technology so that people from around the world and across the country can more easily participate. Oh, isn't that great? And so they get the global experience. Yeah. 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 That's terrific. Um Give us some some examples in the book, you know, and, and how it differs from your traditional uh, doing affirmations and meditations, which are, which are terrific. Uh, but, you know, give us a little bit more of some of the meat in the book for some of the people listening. Well, the, the book is very rich and dimensional. Because we've been doing this work for so long, we've developed many, many practices And I think one of the most powerful practices that we share with our students is something that we refer to as compassionate self-forgiveness. That's a big one. That's (laughs) a big one. That's the linchpin of the whole thing. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, What it really requires, and this is why we do it experientially, so that people will sit there with other people and they'll do it together and then... We, we all share in the larger community. We take sharing, and then people talk about their experiences. But you have to start with the realization that everybody, and this is a hard one for a lot of people, everybody is really doing the best they know how to do. I mean, if we mm-hmm. really knew how to do better, we would do better. So given that realization, <clears throat> We, we move directly into compassion because I, I have compassion for people. The word compassion really means to be with one who is suffering. And so I want to be with them. I don't want to judge them. I don't want to make them wrong. I don't want to evaluate them. I just want to be with them in a caring way. And then the self-forgiveness comes in. and Forgiveness is very misunderstood. A lot of people are forgiving other people or other things for the wrong that they have done. And and this is very different. This says, I forgive myself for ever entering into judgment about you and pretending that I know what's best for you. I just let go of that judgment. And in doing that, uh, we think we might be doing the other person a favor. But the real favor we're doing is to ourselves because we we let go of the negative energy that goes with the judgment. And, oh, my God, we people, we have, I know we have seen thousands of people over the years just right in that moment will experience a, a huge a shift. shift in consciousness 
they and they look out and they said, "Oh my God, I never knew." And those are beautiful experiences. Beautiful, beautiful, because it is so true. I mean, Wayne Dyer used to say things like that. You know, that those kind of feelings hurt us the most. That's yes. right. It's that true. is right. You know, because yes, really we pay the price person, for carrying it. The other person, uh, they're not even aware of it. No. No, my brother used to say that. He'd say, you know, stop worrying about other people. They're 99% of the time worrying about themselves. That's right. <laughs> so accurate. It's so, so accurate. true. <laughs> stop worrying about that. So this is very exciting. You're doing book tours and, and um, no, you know, really. this, this is... We've done events at the university, and we've done a few events in other locations, but our primary mode of communicating about the book has been radio shows just like yours. We've probably done 50 of them since uh, last February when the book was was released. And Oh, uh, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, very exciting, and we will. I will certainly promote it on social media and send you an MP3 of the show so you can do the same. Wonderful. You know, it, it's been an absolute pleasure. You know, we're winding down on time, but I can't wait to, to get more into the, you know, in, into the book and then sharing it with this group and, you know, possibly doing the work with my sister one-on-one, too, because we, we both love that sort of thing, you know. Perfect. Um, the book is beautifully structured to share with someone in that way where you can do yes. this together. <clears throat> yes. No, yes. there was a... Uh, of um, a woman who did 33 days of awakening with her daughter who was away at college. And every morning the two of them would have a call, and they did the 33 days of awakening together for 33 days. And this book lends itself to exactly that same kind of practice. Oh, my God, that's wonderful. And they had a total transformation? Yes. They did? Yes. And the, and the daughter is now in our program. Oh, that's just fantastic. Um, you know, I, I wanted to mention earlier, too, and before we wind down, down is, uh, Ron, you had a documentary, right, that you won awards for with your yes, work with the, in, were, in the prisons, we doing, right? Uh, I think yeah. Lorelai was working in there, too, my yes. friend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. We were doing that up at the uh, Valley State Women's Prison in Chowchilla, California. And this was, uh, I mean, to give you an idea of the effect that it had up there, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, in the in at some point during this work, after a few years, I experienced what I refer to as a heart adventure, where I had triple bypass. And one of my prized possessions that I that I uh, hold on to to this day, and this was like eight years ago, I received a heart, uh, um, a card, uh, like a birthday card, but it was probably about a foot wide and a foot long, and it was uh, like a cardboard heart. When you open it up, there were pages and pages of other hearts. This was all handmade. And, oh. in, and in that, there were, there were get well wishes from about 200 inmates. Thank you for bringing this program into our prison. It has changed my life. Oh, my goodness. That makes me want to cry. That is so beautiful. Yeah. And Lorelai was one of the people that would keep going up yes. time after time. I think she still goes. Yes, my friend Lorelai. That's when when we uh, connected after she had been on the show. We had lunch, and she was actually doing the program 
and going to the prison and, and shared that with me. And it was yeah. it's really amazing, amazing. Well, you two are doing some pretty incredible things for people. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to finish the book. And I, it's just been a joy to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, both of you, Ron and Mary. Thank you so much, Kristen. Just a pleasure to be with you. And, Kristen, just for you, uh, if you would like, if you would like, uh, August 18th through 20th is this Loyalty to Your Soul workshop. And if you would like, we'd be happy to have you as our guest. Oh, my goodness. I can't turn that down. I would love to. Well, that would oh, be great. wonderful. Good. Thank you, you really- so much. I would, I would just, I can't tell you, I've been hearing about your program for years, so I would just love to do that. I, I will, um, August 18th, what's, what day of the week is that? Is 18th that? is a Friday night, and then Saturday okay. and Sunday. So it's Friday You're night. You're on. And, all right. All right, fantastic. I would love it. Thank you so much. You're a good person. Yes, we'll I can't wait. We'll have follow up with you. Oh, for Thank sure. You. Thank you. Terrific. I'm gonna I'm gonna thank our listeners now for everyone joining us today on Second Vision. Uh, my guests today, Ron and Mary Hulnick, co-founders and directors and faculty and educators and authors and uh, co-founders of University of Santa Monica, and their book Remembering the Light Within uh, is a must-read because I'm reading it right now. So you have a blessed day and thank you so much for listening to Second Vision. I'm Kristen McDonald. <laughs> 